0: Hello, this is your last podcast on altered states of consciousness before we swap back to alien and quantum realities. In this podcast we're looking full on at historical drug usage to enter altered states of reality and the effect this has had on the development of modern culture. This also covers the creation of religion and other forms of symbolism. Then the next session will look at theories concerning alien intervention in our development, which is the opposite argument to the one we're running with tonight. This is Modern Animism, a very convoluted guide, and I am your podcast host, Sarah Jane. So the first question I must ask you all, is why do we have religion at all? Why do you think it exists? Previously, when we were investigating feminism, and the movement away from matriarchy I may have mentioned that animist beliefs were part of our survival mechanism. By believing that rocks or trees had malicious intent it protects the earliest humans against disaster by preparing them for more eventualities. So how did this belief then lead us on into full-blown religion? For whilst the belief in energy and spirits may be useful for energy and spirits may be useful, give us the belief that may unify us as a society and to have religion may give us moral unity which helps us to function together with each other but most if not all of the religions exist whether they be polytheistic or monotheistic or have concepts of movement onwards. That's to say, they believe in an afterlife, or there's another space to move on to, or there's a heaven, or there's a hell, some other place where beings will exist. And this belief is possibly the most bizarre of all our beliefs, especially if you think of it out of context. For the belief in energy of quantum entanglement appears to be the most illogical For there there is a basis of observation, and beliefs have a function. And the concept of afterlife, here is something for which there is no evidence, for which a belief in this doesn't have an obvious biological or evolutionary advantage, in so far that we can discern. So how would we even gain an understanding of God or gods? Where would we get the belief in an alternate realities that we could pass on into? So hopefully you'll understand why this podcast and the next one are bedfellows. For one answer, a quick solution to why we believe in gods and other realities. For some people, the answer is aliens. If you think of Nazca lines that depict spiders in the desert, or the creation of civilizations, often people think it's otherworldly visitors who brought us these new technologies and have advanced societies. But for most animists around the world, the creation of alternative worlds consistently only refers to altered states of consciousness. And indeed, this is the received view, i.e. the information that we're taught in our books. According to archaeological evidence, humans were anatomically developed as early as 196,000 years ago meaning that at that point they had the same brains as current humans. But it wasn't until about 100,000 years ago, that's 96,000 years later, that the humans developed any kind of neurological skill that we associate with modern humans. So we had the brains, but we weren't using them. It's like a whole time lag. And What we actually needed to develop in this time was language. As a species we could still use simple tools because of observation and repetition. But after that point in time, we change. We look at the development of many different skills, not just in tools. We see that language, arts and all the other skills level up. And the impetus for this change is the growth of something known as symbolism. You see and understand that we only talk to each other because we have shared values, we ascribed meaning to a range of noises that we make, and in doing so we become better at passing on information. So whilst your common animist spiritual value belief in nature might already been inherent in those previous millennia as an evolutionary tool, but to create the mythology and reasoning why things occur and behave in a certain way, one needs to be communicating different moral concepts. So we presume that religion and morality occur after our brains link at the different values against different behaviors. But this too is determined by the growth of symbolism. So many parts that create our modern society are dependent upon this symbolism art as we see in cave paintings, dance and music, all these things occur because our brains for the last 100,000 years were using symbolism. And since we still have that art, since we see that we develop tools and we have the physical remains, we can also semi-determine the types of changes that were occurring that created the changes to the humanoid brain. And the answer that we saw, and that was being proved, altering of consciousnesses. Indeed, because although humans have existed in this form for 195,000 years, we've probably only been using and discovered the use of hallucinogens for the past 100,000 years. And in that process, we began to see the development of shared concepts that will allow us to pass wisdom on to future generations. All these symbolic thoughts, the patterns of nature of alternate realities, were giving us a shared concepts of alternate worlds and also of beings that existed only in our consciousness. We see um, images of half-man, half-beast-like, therianthropic figures. We see these in cave art. And how many of these are actually different from our earliest deities? Surely half-human, half-lion women are just Sekhmet by another name, the Egyptian god. Perhaps in that earlier period she didn't have a name. Perhaps it was just an image that we were seeing, that we were drawing, that was just linked in an unconscious mind. Maybe we do associate that figure with power, not as a goddess in that stage. Of these theanthropopic figures, um, lion humans come into existence. They start across in Africa and spread across Europe about 35,000 years ago. So they're much later into cave art, but quite similar to our religious ideas. And they show the movement towards a system of deities and indeed towards ancestor worship. Because prior to this point, animals were still the subject of cave art. We don't see the crossover of living species, but half human, half animal. But we do see imagery that suggests that humans are dying or in a state of death, you might see them cross through with lines, or with arrows, or perhaps even falling. And then you see in that same stage that the humans become to change, and they become, as they fall, or they're prone in diagonal angles, that they become something else in that process. And if you're watching this podcast, and some of them, when you open it, they'll give you little thumbnails when they give you the description. On the podcast for Trance and Consciousness, you'll see that figure falling. He's dying and he's falling into that trance state. And in this falling state, he transforms into a bird. His face grows a beak and his fingers become jointed as a bird's would be. So in the middle stage of cave art, we see signs that humans are undertaking these mystical journeys. And sometimes the practitioner falls into a trance But on other occasions, the symbolism is for death and the transmutation of the soul. But then before that, the earliest cave art, there's no sense that animals exist in a supernatural state. There are drawings of bison and buffalo and and sometimes giraffes. And there are handprints, dots and animals. But to my knowledge, there are no themes of anthropomorphism where animals or humans exchange places. so we see a simplified story of human development that the creation of symbolic elements that later become a form of mythology that can be passed on to future generations and this is what the received information would tell us trance work alternate consciousness is almost entirely accepted as the anthropological view for the development of human society indeed the use of hallucinogens to create symbolism, that then goes on to make language possible. Hallucinogens are the basis for art. They're where people paint the abstract ideas that they see in their visions. Hallucinogens are also the reason for the drumming and vocal toning that make of symbolic sounds to encapsulate and heighten the experience of the vision. In the same way that disco sounds emerge out of the illicit drug use in the 60s. And you realize the length of time that LP played for was supposed to equal the length of your average acid trip. And I think something about the lines of Donna Summer's disco classic, I feel love. And it repeats on and on. And she had to stand there and dance when there wasn't any lyrics going on because it extended it for that acid trip. And through this medium trance music becomes dance. And think of the speed of the jitterbug and the use of coffee as a simulant. Drugs have this intimate connection with art, music and dance. And looking back to my previous podcast where I spoke about Sufism, Folk Islam, Rastafarianism and etc. So even today music, song and drug taking are linked to religion. And not only these things, they relate to the building of religious culture that are orthopractic by nature where religion is experienced through the entrainment of different people coming together and their experiences becoming synchronised. In this scenario, changes to our society, morality, behaviours and hobbies all become linked because a certain style of drugs becomes available Where this drug is illicit, such as heroin, or widely available like caffeine, it doesn't matter not because the drug finding its way to the masses creates changes in our consciousness through the application of art. Now this of course should be the end of the story. Religion evolves from trance states, and the creation of shared symbolism, and the same symbolism that makes communication possible. And it would be finalized except for two factors. There are the two things that bother me about this reasoning. One being that whilst the belief in the supernatural was an evolutionary tactic, is the need for religious mythology also important for our species' survival? Hence, how abundantly it's spread across our species—is it that important? That it's part of our DNA. Can we assume that religious belief in this concept is the only single reason for the development of arts, communication, and the passing of culture to the next generation? Without the existence of trance consciousness, would we not have evolved? But the byproduct of that evolution was religious mythology so that one cannot exist without the other and through these combined processes we've come to conquer um, conquer the planet therefore our consciousness is important for our survival in gaining control of all the natural resources the second problem to reconcile is that just because gods and other worlds appear to us through trance state Does this mean that gods and alternate realities are not real and are just figments of our combined or collective unconsciousness? To borrow a phrase from Jungian dream theory. Are the ideas of gods only symbolic and they purely refer to a communal archetype? Now we haven't covered the concept of collected consciousness yet and its main modern variation, the collected unconsciousness. So the best answer I can give to this question at this moment lies in anthropoid theory, in which nothing occurs in our universe separately from other parts of the universe. For what we see and learn here must be reflected in what's happening in the wider universe. So our planet's evolution is matched by occurrences outside of the planet, outside of the universe. Because doesn't each part of the universe come from the same source, from the same materials? And any effect that we may see within humans must be repeated outside of our universe. And whether this occurs as we imagine, it's in fact difficult to reconcile. But theory suggests that we couldn't even imagine a possibility if that possibility didn't exist somewhere. It's in fact the ultimate version of probability theory. Why should certain materials affect us in this way, and conversely affect the other universes and materials in the same manner? Why does consciousness even exist, and for what purpose? We can come back to this when we look at the concept of group souls or archetypes, for some suggest that all our thoughts are extensions of a universal consciousness that only occurs through our own consciousness and archetypes symbolism. And of course, there is still the belief that nothing exists as real anyway. Perhaps we perceive a reality is to be more stable than actually physically is. But those are all podcasts for another time, and I hope you join me next week for our look at alien um, intervention.